All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 7, or 11, I'm sorry, chapter number 11. And I want to preach on the subject, Noah's faith and Noah's failure. Noah's faith and Noah's failure. I hear the young people got to hear a Sunday school lesson on the ark this morning, and so I'll be giving you a little more information on the ark, Noah's ark, than you probably got, or maybe to add to what you got in Sunday school. Noah's faith and failure. I had a request that I preach this on CD, so I'm going to do my best this morning, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. I want to read chapter 11 and verse number 7. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're much obliged to you for all that you do for us. We thank you, God, for being here in Sunday school. Lord, how you bless our heart. Help us again, God. Do it again now in the preaching hour. Feed us from this book. Help us to learn and understand. God, help us to apply the truths that we hear. We pray for our country. We pray for the nation of Israel. God, watch over them. And we'll thank you for it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Noah and his failure. Noah's name is included in, in two separate honors list. Here in, in chapter number 11, we see those that lived by faith. But there's another honors list as well. In Ezekiel chapter 14, in verse 14 and verse 20, he's named with Job and Daniel as an, out, an outstanding example of righteousness. Well, what a, what a wonderful blessing to be named with those that had such wonderful, great faith and then those that were righteous. In the New Testament, his name is, uh, is the third in the Hall of Fame of Hebrews 11 as an example of faith. So we have a picture of him in the Old Testament for his faithfulness and a picture here in the New Testament for his faith. Like Job and Daniel, he stood out from the men of his time in his faithfulness to God and won God's approval and commendation. The background to his life, life is given to us in the first half of the book of Genesis in chapter 6, which paints a very black picture of wickedness and evil and corruption and, and violence. Sounds like our country now. But that's the time it was then when the Lord was going to do something about it. Such a degree of sin and evil as this always brings on the wrath of a mighty and powerful God. And certainly it did then. A judgment came 
in the form of a flood which destroyed every living creature on the earth except for those that were in the ark. But the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What a contrast to the, the moral darkness and the uh, wickedness on every hand. What an example to us who live in a day that's parallel to the, the time that went on during the flood. What an example it is. Just prior to the coming of the Lord. It says, as the days of Noah were, so shall they be. We know the Lord is coming again. We know that God destroyed the world because of the wickedness and sin by a flood. And we know the Lord is coming again and there will be great tribulation upon this earth. And then there'll be the fire. It will purify everything. But if we're children of God, we'll not be here when that takes place. He's going to come and get us and take us home to heaven. Thank God we have that blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our wonderful Lord and Savior. I want us to look very quickly this morning uh, at five characteristics of Noah's life that should uh, speak to us in the day that we're living in. First notice with me. Noah's faith. Noah's faith. It said, by faith. By faith. I've been off many times. What is the definition of faith? What is it? I said, well, the best I can come up with, it's believing God and believing that God knows what he's doing even when we don't understand it in our own lives. By faith, we know that God knows exactly what he's doing and exactly when, where, and how he's going to do it. Noah had that kind of faith. It took great faith to believe what God told him to do. Great faith. Let me point out three things here. First, the foundation of his faith. What was the foundation of it? What's the foundation of our faith? It was the word of God. He was warned of God of things seen not yet. According to Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Noah had never seen rain. Never. He didn't know what rain was. He didn't have any idea, the Bible says, but, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the face uh, of the ground. Before the flood, the water come up out of the ground instead of down from heaven. So God told him to do something he didn't understand very well. The foundation of faith is a word of God. He was warned of God. We've been warned of God over and over and over again about things that we need to believe. Noah believed God would do what he said he would do, even though he had never seen it, because God said he would. That's good enough for him. The foundation of faith is the word of God. Often people say, well, preacher, what do you think about this? And I have to say, I don't think much about it. It's not what I think, it's what God says. 
does God say? What does God say about it? That's what's important. The foundation of his faith, the word of God, and the demonstration of his faith. He prepared an ark. There's a commercial now on TV about a boy working with his dad and, and they're building something. And, and the young man says uh, uh, to his dad, he says, it's going to take us all weekend to build this boat, I guess. They're building a boat out of wood. And he said, you think this is work? And he said, I'll show you a boat that was built without any tools. And he went and saw that big Noah's Ark that is in Kentucky, I guess, wherever it is. Faith not only believes God's word, but faith also obeys God's command. That's important. The command is seen in Genesis 6:14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. The command, go build this vast boat which represents Christ, by the way. The command and then the compliance. The Bible says in Genesis 6, thus did Noah. God said, do it, and he did it. According to all that God commanded him, so he, uh, so he did. Everything that God said to do, he did by faith. What a blessing that is. The foundation of faith is the Bible. The demonstration of faith is what to do, obey God. And then the vindication of faith, prepared an ark for the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world. Noah's faith, Noah's faith vindicated or defended and the faith, uh, the, uh, what the, the world was saying and showed their condemnation. He believed God and it did something that had a purpose. It vindicated his faith. So Noah's great faith, but then second, Noah's great godly fear. His godly fear. It says in our verse, moved with fear. That means reverence. Reverencing God. It's not that we're scared to death of God. It's that we honor Him and His power and His glory and His might. Trusting and obeying God in a godless environment. Noah eventually had no fear of men. However, they would mock Him and make fun of Him and laugh at Him. Didn't bother Him. But He feared God. And he who fears God need not fear men. I'll tell you what, don't worry about what men can do to you. And I'm not talking about fearing him like he's going to come down on him with a hammer. It means fearing disobeying his power and his might. The truth and all that's right and righteous. He feared not doing that. Noah's godly fear. Its causes... Noah's fear of God arose from the evidence of God's power and wisdom and creation and the knowledge of his holiness and his mercy. He just believed that and loved God. The Bible says in Genesis 6, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. 
for all flesh had corrupted his ways upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy the earth. That's a scary thought. You know, when you really, you know God's going to destroy this earth. He's coming again. He's coming again soon. We can see it lining up right now in the nations that we're involved with, Russia and China, and all that's happening with the Muslims and their religions. The Lord's coming soon, children. And we've got our mind on everything else except the fact that he's coming again. And if you're not in the family of God when he comes, you'll be left behind and have to go through the tribulation and the great tribulation, which is the worst thing that mankind has ever seen. Parents will be eating their children. It'll be a terrible, wretched time. Boy, I hope you're a child of God. I hope you've been born into God's family. I hope that you've become a new creation in Him. If not, you may run out of time. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 17 and 18, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from uh, under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and, and they, thy sons Wives will be with thee. Noah's godly fear, its causes and its characteristics. The fear of God has been defined as that affectionate reverence by which the child of God binds himself humbly and carefully to his father's law. That's a good definition. How's it manifested? First, negatively, to hate evil. We must hate evil. Again, giving birth to a baby and then murdering it on a table. I hate that. That is a human being. God said, I knew you even before you were in your mother's womb in the Bible. That's cold-blooded murder. You'll go to prison if you kill a dog, but you become a hero if you kill a baby. That's so sad. Negatively, we're to hate evil. The Bible says in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. All those evil things. This eventually char characterized Noah. For he was, according to Genesis 6, 9, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Wow. Noah's godly fear. Its causes, its characteristics. Negatively and then positively, 
to keep God's commandments. It says again in Genesis 6, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. He did what God wanted. I'll tell you what, we ought to wake up in the morning, every morning, saying, God, help me to please you today to do what you want me to do today. Help me to obey you and believe you and love you this day. Noah's great faith and Noah's godly fear and, and Noah's genuine fidelity. That word fidelity, uh, fidelity means devotion. It means faithfulness. It means loyalty. That's the kind of man he was. Noah not only trusted God, he was one whom God could trust. That's a real statement, isn't it? Are you someone God can trust? Wow, his faith in God re resulting in faithfulness to God was seen in three different ways. First, his walk. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. He chose the companionship of God rather than the companionship of the godless. His walk and his work. It said he prepared an ark. Well, what a task that was. I don't know if you've ever seen a battleship like the USS Missouri, but that is one big ship. The ark was built the same size as our battleship. <laughs> the gross tonnage was about 13,960 tons. There were three decks with a total area of approximately 95,000 square feet, which is the size of 20 standard basketball courts. 20 basketball courts. Wow. The volume was 1,396,000 cubic feet. That's as much as 522 stock cars of a train. That's a big boat. If you ever waited on a train down in Resaca, it ain't near this many, but it seems like it goes on forever. Do you know how long he had to be obedient to God? How hard he had to work? Do you know how long it talk, uh, took to build that boat? 120 years. That's a long time. His walk, his work, and his witness. Peter said, and spared not, now I think it's going to take David that long to build his house, 120 years, uh, his witness, and, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, his witness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now let me tell you something. He preached 120 years and never had a convert. Nobody ever got saved. But he is preaching. Obedient. Now I'm going to hurry. Noah's faith and, and Noah's godly fear and Noah's genuine fidelity and Noah's good fellowship. His good fellowship, the, the strength of Noah's faith and faithfulness all these years in spite of all the difficulties lay in the fact that he walked with God. 
He walked with God. And you want to fellowship with someone. Man, did I ever have a good time with him yesterday morning. And again this morning, we had a little time together. Talk about fellowship. He walked with God before the flood. That's separation to God from the wicked world. He walked with God during the flood. That's the security of God from the flood and judgment. And he walked with God after the flood, the sacrifice to God. In Genesis 8, it says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. God's going to not flood us again, destroy us, but there'll be a time when the earth is cleansed. God help us, Noah's good fellowship. He built an altar. Did you know that this is the first time an altar is mentioned in the Bible? That's a good history lesson. It was an expression of gratitude for God's deliverance. It was a recognition of sin and the need for a sacrifice for sin. It was a presentation of a consecrated life. You see, only those that got in the ark were those that believed and trusted God. The ark is a picture of Christ. And only those that are in Christ are going to be delivered from the fires of hell. Then last, Noah's great faith and Noah's godly fear and Noah's genuine fidelity and Noah's good fellowship. But then, Noah's gloomy failure. He failed. After all of this, after everything he'd done, after his faithfulness and, and his faith in God, his obedience and his love, he failed. The Bible says in Genesis 9, And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers. And Shem and Japheth uh, took a garment and laid it upon, upon both their shoulders and backed in backwards and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. God help us. Like Elijah, Noah was a man subject to like passions as we are and we can learn much from these things. Good example, but also 
a sad failure. We saw what a great man is and what a great man can become. Let me point out two things and I'm finished. First, the circumstances surrounding the failure. Noah was 601 years old. You'd think he'd lived long enough to know better. 601 years old. After a, a commendable life of faith and faithfulness. After many years of experience with God and, and after the evidence of God's judgment and salvation from the flood, Noah failed. Well, that's sad. The circumstances surrounding the failure and the characteristics of the failure. And I'm through. Intemperance and immodesty. The wine is said to cheer the heart in the Old Testament. You've got somebody that's sad, broken hearted, they can be cheered with a glass of wine. An alcoholic beverage. Some say, well, that's just used. No, they purified the water with alcohol wine because the water was bad. Also, wine was used to alleviate pain of the dying and also those of a broken heart. Right now, we might give them a pill. Back then, they didn't have those pills to calm people down, and they gave them a glass of wine. It is also clear that it has a disturbing effect when it's abused. And that's what happened. Here, Noah lay drunk. He lay naked in his tent before his children. And other things happened as well. And we don't know what they are. Let me tell you something, my dear friends. You can't become so big that you can't fall. We need every day to walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord and live with the Lord. Let me conclude. However faithful we may have been, however closely we may have walked with God, however long our life of a devotion with Him, however great our experience of His deliverance, we still need to exercise constant care. <coughs> constant care. Realizing that the flesh is ever with us. God help us. God help us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. May God help us to walk in the spirit. Brother Danny, lead us in prayer.